So yeah, let's talk. Let's get into some of the technicals and the aspects of the film. Why don't you jump into that, buddy? It seems like you have quite a bit of notes on it. Well, one of my big issues was with the story in that <laughs> I think Henry Fonda was a little too, uh, he used a little too much coercion to get his point across. Because I do feel like it was jumping a little too extreme. Like, yeah. again, if I'm going to do this, I mean, I wouldn't go like you where I put someone in jail for life. But I would certainly be like, hey, we got to go off of the facts. Like, I helped this guy out. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to kill someone. I voted not guilty on the on the gang affiliation. <laughs> Even though he had this big old gang tattoo. I, look, I, I I distinctly remember this because I remember I for some reason, Lord help me, it's in my genetics. I have a hard time not talking. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember we were sitting there and people were like, Well, what about this count? Because they you have to vote on each count. Yeah. That's brought against the defendant. And they're like, What about this gang affiliation count? And I said, Remember when they talked about this? Like, we cannot jump to conclusions about this. There is no reasonable doubt that he is a member of a gang. But this fucker guilty as fuck <laughs> on this other stuff. But you see his picture but, here on the because iPad. That, that one, I think, was the worst sentencing. Because if you get... Two lifetimes? Motherfucker, I know technology <laughs> is advancing and they have really good health care in the prison system. But dude, I don't think he's going to do two lifetimes, okay? Hey, all I'm saying is that he's one, not even going to do one lifetime. I, he had a chance. What's even a lifetime? But he has in the a chance. He's got a chance of parole. Okay, well that's good. I mean, he's probably out oh, robbing people right now. <laughs> he got that fifth crime going. That's right what now. the fucking dogs were barking about earlier. <laughs> well, oh, okay. So it was like two life sentences without the chance of parole. Yeah, Ugh. because it's like you're we, you're a gang member. So if you because essentially the way that they presented it to is this crime this exists because. They're like, you're a gang member. You're going to get out. You're going to get back with your gang and do more crimes. Oh, uh, so if we give you parole, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, then. And, buddy, we were, and it was like a new law that had just recently been passed. See, this is where you're now, Henry Funner, because you're getting me to go along. I was like, <laughs> well, okay, okay. Yes, he is guilty. Clearly, the yeah. evidence shows without a reasonable doubt he's guilty. But he has the option of parole. Yes. So even though the punishment seems cruel and unusual, he can go on parole. You're right. You convinced me. Guilty. <laughs> All I'm saying is that there's hope. <laughs> this guy could go and start doing college and maybe he could join the Writers Guild of America and get on go on strike. And speaking of hope, maybe this is also a negative way to view the 12 Angry Men because you were talking about altruism. Was that with this or was that with the Writers Guild? Uh, when you mentioned altruism. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember? Oh, yeah. No. Was it for 12 Angry Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe. Well, then the negative aspect of 12 Angry Men is, did he really... They never... Do any of them really lose their bias except for Lee J. Cobb? Because then... How could we know? Well, let me put it this way. They lose it in the room. They lose it at the time. But are they just going to go back to their everyday lives, hating poor people and blah, 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 blah? Yeah. Probably... Damn but it, I forgot my argument. So here's a here's a question I want to. So we we were we're talking about the story a lot. We got to get on well, to some technicals. That's what, but that's what this film is. It is story. So does it matter if the man killed his father or not? 
as long if the case presented against him is weak. Well, if you're sentencing a man to death and you need to have beyond reasonable doubt, right? Is yes. that what it said? Yeah. Yeah. Then you have to obey and go along with the guidelines of the court and our justice system. You got to go with that. Because I think so it doesn't matter if he is guilty or not. You got to go with the facts and do they get that argument across that he is guilty without reasonable doubt, especially if you're going to execute someone. Now, maybe that shouldn't factor in, right? Because it really shouldn't, because you should be that impartial, whereas like punishment, someone else is deciding that. I'm focusing strictly on this. But damn, man, I would focus on the punishment. So, what was the what were we talking about? The weed's fucking hitting me like a goddamn sledgehammer right now, dude. I <laughs> thought it, I thought it wasn't hitting me, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, uh, motherfucker! It's a, definitely a mix between the Bondstone and the and the uh, the kind of the kind of cannabis infused gummy <laughs> bears there. <laughs> oh, so so what we were talking about was yeah. a good thing, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, uh, so this is story. Oh, this the, was being the, guilty uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. Why was sentencing sentence bias? Well, that was my argument. Was that they did they really lose their bias or my argument? Just the argument was strong. Oh, the I other asked side. you if it matters if he was guilty or not. No, as a juror, it shouldn't. Right, all you should go based off of is the evidence and let that provide the answer that's how you know oj got off right yeah because you know that motherfucker well i saw how oj got off that right i mean there was a whole lot there well they went based off of the evidence and so much of it was excluded and right but also uh the the jurors lost complete confidence in the police oh when it kind of got turned bigger like a social commentary well no they played the tape of uh there was that famous tape of the police officer that was like, yeah, I planted evidence and, you know, fuck black people. And it's like, I, he said he planted evidence. Yes! I thought he just said like the N word like, a lot. He did. And he's like, he talked about planting evidence. Well, and so it's like, okay, that's true. I thought, I thought the big one that ruined it was the glove. The glove, the glove was what sealed the deal. Because he has like an, a glove on and then he puts on fitted gloves. And it's yeah. like, well, now your hand's bigger. You're not OJ. You're, and you got a glove on and you're putting a glove on a glove. And right. I thought that was the main thing. That but was it, what sealed Well, it, it was also that police, that detective's yeah, statement. The, that well, he they, said he planted evidence. In the tape, there is a tape that he did not know was being recorded of him. And he said, I planted evidence. Yes. Oh, shit, yeah. Yes, wow. he talked about planning evidence on the fucking site. Okay, whatever. Because he's like, this guy's guilty. This guy's guilty. I'm okay. going gonna to plant some evidence was or whatever. Oh, let me ask you this. Was the detective wrong? No. <laughs> but that's... Russell Crowe from LA Confidential. Right, because right? he was like, look, I know this fucker's guilty. We got to get him in. Boom, right? shoots him. And that's, what, that's essentially what happened, but... That's not cool. <laughs> not at all. That's fucking disgusting. That's dis that's disgusting and that's wrong. I mean, that cop should I don't know if he did time for that, but I don't think he did. I don't remember he his should name. Do time for I that. I'm sure there's historians. I remember what he looks like. Yeah. I if you show me a picture of him, I'd be like, that's the OJ cop guy, but he, I can't remember his name. He looks like a a well-developed smart uh butthead. 
Yes, kind of, yes. <laughs> yeah. Detective something. I think it was with an F. Federer, Frederick. Right, or, Fed, Fed mine, Fred, no. Something. Roger Federer. Roger, it Federer. was definitely Roger Federer. It was Roger Federer. Yeah, that was the detective. Yeah, <laughs> he became a famous tennis player after that case. Very, very, very good man. Yeah. Uh, Great but, tennis player. So let's, I want to really dive in and talk about the technicals of this. Are well, you done talking about the story? I think, I think the biggest technical to take away from this that is the most well done, uh, despite everything, because again, this will lead into the other technicals because to make this good, you got to have cinematography good, lighting good, editing good. But the best technical aspect about this film is the writing, is the script. I right? would say, too, is the blocking and direction. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, like the best thing about this is the story. It's a, it was a teleplay, but it's essentially a play. So the best thing about plays and why I love movies that are adapted from plays, they just have, well, this, this smallness, right? Because... Because uh, a theater can only go so many different places. You can't be like all over the world like in Jumper. So you kind of got to keep it tight and contained. And the more tighter and contained you do, the easier for production for a theater, right? So very much a talking movie. And that's the strongest aspect. But then you need great directing, great blocking, great acting, great cinematography, great... Uh, lighting, which really stood out to me in this film, to really keep the viewer interested through all of this long exposition, like our podcast. People tune out like 50 minutes ago, dude. But if we had some visuals and they saw us, <laughs> they would stick around for at they, least 60. But they wouldn't even have made it, but... Uh, you know, I just read one of your notes here, and it was actually what I was just going to bring up. Which See, I told you, we're in our each other's heads here. So in the the Making Films uh, by Sidley Lumet, are Making Movies, he talks about how the cinematography in the film, it starts out as these wides. Oh, and, you read the more in-depth one, right? Yeah, yeah. And as it goes in, as the film goes along, it just goes this zooms in and tighter, and we're just feeling tighter. more and more constrained. But not only that, the characters are feeling more constrained by the frame. And it's hot. It's hot in New York, and they're in this unventilated room, and they're trying to open the windows the to get some broken. air. The, the fan's fan broken. broken. They're just sweating, and it's just tighter and tighter, and they're getting more angry. Like, what the fuck? He's guilty, dude. Who cares if she had fucking little marks on her nose? She saw him. She saw the kid kill, kill the father, man. What the fuck? He couldn't remember what movie he watched. <laughs> he was probably high. She <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. was us. <laughs> but... And, you know, and so all these things are, are presented and brought up, but, and disproven in some way or another, or at least doubt is brought in on all the evidence. All the evidence. But, yeah. the, and, and that, this is something I want, I cannot understate the most. This film is what proves that films work around character and development. And story. Well, and develop, story. story development. Ultimately, right? Story. Because it's literally. A one location film about people talking, and you know, because I think uh, there's like there's a play a version of this, and there's like a teleplay, right? Well, well, or, I, did, I never in the uh, my research, I yeah. didn't. Re I thought this was a play. I didn't find anywhere that it's a play. I'm sure it's been adapted it's a play into a now, play. But what I mean is, it's but so, it was originally a teleplay. But it's so set up 
as the idea of, like a, a, of play. a play because it's a one room kind of thing. Yeah. But it the way that it's made as a film is so unique to the medium of film. Oh, explain further. So it, using the camera, the wides, the blocking. So the, the getting tighter? The angles, the way we cut to reactions. It shows uh, how our characters change and develop. The emphasis, it's placing the emphasis. Whereas opposed to a play, you're seeing everything all at once. Right. We are, di- we, the are the ca- we are directed boom, boom, through boom. the camera on what we need to be paying attention how to, to. How to pay attention. And how to pay attention, yeah. which is why this is one of the greatest films ever made. Is because it could only ever be made as a film. Really? And while the story, I think, can play out. Because it's a teleplay, so yeah, it's essentially kind of a film to a degree, right? Yeah. So you think this could only exist? That's I think the that's, best form to watch it in yes, as a film. Because wow. I think while it can't, it could be great as as a play because the well, you, you have the characters it so easily. Yeah, but the movie, the way that the movie blends the image with the story, and there's like almost no soundtrack in this movie. Is there a soundtrack? I don't even this? think there is. I don't remember any music. But I mean, maybe the opening and ending. or when he like stabs a knife in the table. You know, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but I mean, like the camera, the di- and the direction of the camera and the editing, it fucking is like, it. You start to understand the character. Like, if you just watch everyone, if that scene where Lee J Cobb is like, and my son, he fucking hates me, right? Well, if, without the f words, you know, this was 1957. And if that wasn't like a tight, like over the head pushing down on him, kind of shot. Would that deliver the same expression? I don't no, think so. it would be feel over dramatic if you if it was in a wide. But because he gets kind of because you see the body, because something. you get the kind of the scene to himself, and he's on and, his face, and it's on his face, and it's like he gets to really emote and sell that scene. If you were watching it in a in a in an you know what? And, but it also, he doesn't have to be over dramatic like he would on a stage, right? Right. He doesn't be like Ugh, like his arms in the air. Which I think he did. Just like to the shoulders though, like shaking. But, but you don't have, because the camera's right there in your face. You don't have to be that exaggerated. You can be more real. Yes. Right? Because the reality is sometimes you don't, I mean, how many people do you be like, Yamete! <laughs> you know, and like screaming into the air and shit like that. I, I maybe seen that once or twice. But, you know, like people's reactions aren't necessarily that extreme. So when you see Lee J. Cobb, right? Yeah. When you see him delivering that scene and you see that tightness, I mean, dude, it felt fucking powerful. But we're also isolated in the frame with him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it just felt so powerful because of that. And then the movie just ends pretty much right after that. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's the final holdout, right? Yeah. And then it's just, yeah, it's over, right? Then we're outside. Immediately, right? Yeah, I think it literally fades. There's like a slow fade or uh, a like a like a, a transition. And no, no. Lee J. Cobb gets his things and he just walks out. Yeah, that's it. And then we fade he, to he. The he's like, God damn it, my son, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. And yeah, uh, and then everyone just is like they get their shit and they leave. Well, he's the last. <laughs> no, to they leave. they pronounce the sentencing. I think they say he the last to leave. 
I think Henry. Fo- yeah. No. Yeah. Because because they all say they all understand he's not guilty. They all leave and he's just there still, realizing. Oh fuck, man! I was projecting on that one, wasn't I? <laughs> My life sucks. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's all told through the cinematography, the action no, and the writing. The story, but then the but it that's what delivers. That's what delivers. Captures, the, it right? amplifies the story. Lighting, amazing. Yes. Cinematography, amazing. And then in Sidley Lumet's book, Making Movies, that were while you finished, I'm still reading. He talks about uh, 12 Angry Men and how he wanted to use those wide angle lenses and just go tighter and tighter and tighter. Yeah. And you just see how beautiful it is to use that camera work, right? The camera has its abilities. It can do its thing. <laughs> the fuck am I talking about? But, no, you're right. To, but you, but how the, it goes in tighter and tighter and just utilizing that aspect but using, of the cinematography. But using the camera for purpose. Exactly. You're not, it's not just capturing an image. There's it's a not purpose. dickhead where we have a tight on a tight. It's but we because. Have, we had, uh, to, to, for some defense for dickhead and for us. Yes, because I did a lot of the camera work. We did have purpose designed, like, when it's focusing on Richard or when it's focusing on the killer, it's yeah. always handheld. Because we oh, yeah, wanted we did, the huh? we wanted the natural shake and the unsturdiness and the chaos of either seeing through the killer's eyes and or experiencing the the chaos of, of the visceral. killer. Yeah. Right. And then every time that we are with Jennifer, our more stable character, it's always on tripod. And so we did some stuff like that. Is that true? Yes, it is. It is. So I don't I believe you. It is. I do not judge you guilty without <laughs> without a reasonable without weight. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's definitely an aspect that we you know tried to use the camera to incorporate yeah. with in our film, and it's because to me, and the same thing with editing, there should be a purpose. No, you taught me a lot about that when you said, "Well, every time you tell me when I want to cut to a tight, and you're like, Steven, what's the fucking purpose?" <laughs> I mean, I'm summarizing. Yeah, but you are always telling me like, dude. What's the purpose of this tight? Tights are so jarring. Yes. And you see it so executed beautifully in 12 Angry Men and how you should do it. Mm-hmm. And then me, I'm just running wild. Because I I mean, I'm for photography, so I don't mind a tight. But there's also but, no editing in photography. Well, there is editing, but not in the same <laughs> uh, aspect. Yeah. But you, know, not, you, you really taught me a lot when you said that. And even just working on anything or even the tights on scene six, you know, I'm trying to stick with the wide and then I'm just hearing you in my head. Like, why are you cutting here? Why are you going to the tighter shot here? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, Tom, it, it, this just takes just a lot funnier. No, Steven, don't do that. I'm like, well, I'm well, going to do it, that, Tom. If, I'm going to do it, but, Tom. But that's a, a, a respectable purpose. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm always for, for a reason to and me, not just to do it. This is the, Biggest crime in modern cinema. It's just there is no purpose. It's just it's been eight seconds. We need to cut. We need another shot to move the eyes across the screen because the audience has gotten bored. Right. And now they're drifting down to their phone. Let's refocus the audience. We need a cut. We track the pupils on the screen. And now that's that's generally broad speaking, but damn, it's it's very apparent. Yeah. It's there. And 
to me, that's what separates, and this is kind of, we kind of got into this a bit too on the last episode. So go back and listen to that episode and make sure you check out patreon.com slash twin shadow production. Uh, because it really helps us, you know, make better episodes. <laughs> and if you want to listen to better episodes, that's a good thing to do. But go back and listen to the episode uh last time when we were talking about how uh the debate was brought up about like uh, I think it was during the discussion about Hotel Artemis. And then I was talking about how I'm such a snobbish elite. And, you know, but I, but what I want to mean, what I what I want to mean, what I mean by that is I don't think that's a lot of the time is that bars are set and levels are created. And it's not, you know, you don't have to compete to go over that. But those... Bars always exist. And I don't make, remember the exact context of uh, the question on the last episode. So you should really go back and listen to it because I think I brought up a good point. And maybe that's my ego ego talking about there. But so we have like, it's like 2000. So let's put 2001 and Interstellar up. So part of the problem with Interstellar is 2001 exists. Just for the fact that 2001 exists interstellar is already at a competition with trying to create this epic space film because one of the greatest, if not the greatest epic space film ever was created. So interstellar has to come, has that to deal with. But the thing is interstellar also gets to build off of that level because audiences change and if you know if you don't respect that, you're in trouble. What this has to do with what we're talking about at all, I've forgotten. No, I'm so glad you brought that up. Because I don't know if you looked at my show notes. And now he's looking. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find it. But I've been thinking about that a lot lately, and especially in viewing 12 Angry Men. But even before that, I've been thinking about that. It's just how it's interesting how film has how film has a style and i'm not talking about like wes anderson versus david fincher versus quentin tarantino i just mean like film is developing how long are we taking on a shot as an audience member how long are we pushing how are we cutting this film together just just this overall style for instance to be more, I, I guess, easier to understand. I think if you watch enough films throughout the decades, you can start to identify a 50s film, a 60s film, a 70s film, an 80s film especially. There you go. Look at 80s films. Very easy to identify. Even 90s are pretty easy to identify. Uh, a 2000s film, a 2010, 2020 and looking at current cinema now versus, I mean, I didn't know when 12 Angry Men was released until I looked it up for the show notes. But I was like, ah, that's probably got to be 50s. You know, and a lot of the older films I probably watch are 50s. Because, I mean, dude, you can feel when a film's filmed in the 40s. They just have this overall general style to them. Just this commonality between all of them. That's kind of lame. And 
it's so interesting to see because with how good 12 Angry Men is, it's so interesting. Well, I think a perfect comparison would be like Glengarry Glenn Ross, a modern day 12 Angry Men type of thing. Yeah. They feel completely different, just the way they're shot, everything extra added. And just to see 12 Angry Men versus like a film now, it's just so interesting to see the difference in the style of filmmaking. And I'll say for me personally, I think I went off on a tangent of what you were saying because I was going to bring it back around, but then I lost it. Yeah. But certainly that one, I find it interesting to see this different in styles like 2001 versus Interstellar versus First Man. I mean, Interstellar and First Man are closer to each other than they are to 2001. You know, get what I'm saying? Yes. And yeah, it's really interesting to see uh, 12 Angry Men. And I don't know. Do you think... (laughs) I know for me, I definitely am a lot more biased than you because you watch a lot more older films than me. I always want to see more contemporary films. Like, I think if you're like, eh, I'm just going to sit down and watch a film, you'll put on a 1970s grindhouse film. Most likely, yeah. And me, I'm going to be like, no, dude, I want to see what came out in 2020. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I want to see what came out in 2023 or 2022 at the most. Show me the most recent stuff. I don't care if it's like Frank Grillo goes to Barbie land. I don't know. You know, just the cheesiest whatever B-movie type of film there is. Like uh, that Frank Grillo um, oh. where he died a lot. Yeah, yeah, boss level. Boss level. I like boss level. I love boss level. That's my point is like, that's the kind of movies I want to stick with because I have that sensibility. Be action Groundhog Day. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I have that sensibility of wanting to watch more contemporary films because that's just my palette, but it's just so interesting to see that transition over the years and to see the difference between 12 angry men's filmmaking. Cause you couldn't get away with that shit now. No. And you know, I don't even think anyone's good enough to make a film like that now. And not to say that films less, I'm just saying that that style's so different. If someone's trying to mimic that, what was that? Facsimile, whatever. Facsimile. Facsimile. If, ChatGPT can do it. We can't because we're just too biased to our current generation. I think something too is uh, those films have the luxury of time. And by that, I mean, we get to forget like the 5,000 shitty films that came out during that time period. No, but that's a testament to those films too. Right. Yes, that's what I mean. Is we kind of tend to forget that those are like the point, like 12 Angry Men is the 0.001% of films of those films that came out that year. In general. Right? I think back then they were they were just cranked. There was probably like nine Westerns a week or something back then. No. It was crazy. It's not no. like it is now. It was crazy. Yeah, crazy were back way, then. It's probably like 10. Way more movies coming out back then. Than, than now. Yes. You're ridiculous, way dude. More. You can make a movie on your set. On your cell phone. Yeah, but you're watching those oh, movies. Oh, my phone? God damn it. I'm going to prove you wrong right now. They aren't watching those movies in the theaters. Trust me. I'm very confident of this. The thing was is there were lots of... Theaters weren't like chain multiplex houses like they I are know. today. 
So every movie theater was like biting to get different kind of films. And there were so many films being produced and in theaters. It was crazy. So what do you got there, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Chad GPT? It's, how many movies were made in 1957? What? It's actually giving me the number. Or I mean the 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 movies. Oh, because there's that few. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Let's see. Let's go all the way to the bottom. 50. Oh, 50. There are only 50 movies. Okay, man. no, you're right. You're right. There's like 2,000. Let me see. How many movies were made in 20... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I could look at the end number. See, you're so smart, buddy. 2,359 titles in 1957. Okay. Which is... Very surprising to and me. And let's do what Glenn Gallagher and Wasp was what? 1998? No, 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 no. How many, mo- how many movies made today, right? 2022? Sure. Well, I'm just thinking pandemic kind of fucked that up. Oh, okay. Let's try 2019. All right. All right. Give me Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. When do you think that was made? Uh, 98. How many movies were? I'll look up when Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross came and, out. Yeah, look that up. 1998. I'm ready to hit send. 1992, sorry. Fuck, that movie's old. Oh, yeah, dude. Don Lemon probably died like the day after that movie <laughs> came out. <laughs> Forgive us, audience. What? Will we to correct? Yeah, I'll just... Oh, okay, here we go. List all movies ranked in... What? You're the smarter one than me. I, I think I found it. 1992? Yeah. <sighs> Allow cookies, God damn it. Allow the cookies. More data. Oh, it only goes to 2000. Buddy, you got to look this up. This isn't making sense. Well, let's just say it does. What is it? What are we arguing? <laughs> Why don't we just move on? What I'm saying is, my point, the whole point was that the luxury of time shows us that we only get to really keep the best movies, but we're experiencing current movies and coming out at real time. Oh, I figured it out. 3,664. So over a thousand movies. Yes, over a thousand movies were being made in 1992. And that's still film. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your fucking point? <laughs> that uh, there were like three. Because th- I forgot. There were like two, over 2,000 movies that came out in 1957. And we only really talk about two of them. What else came out in 1957? Over 2,000 of them. <laughs> <laughs> but my point was saying is we only really talk about a handful, right? Uh, Guess we, how many movies now, though? 17. No, two in 2022. Uh, 5,000. No, cocksucker. 1,000. Wait, 14,122. Damn, that's gross. That's in 2022. Good luck, filmmakers of the world. <laughs> We're one of them. My point is, and what I want You forgot what your point is. No, my point it still stands. We can even go back to like uh like a 2007 or something. There's only like four or five movies that you probably remember from that year, if you even can remember a single one. I would not know. Like Lord of the Rings Return of the King, I think was one of those. That's two thousand seven? I think so, yeah. Oh god. 
Maybe. It could even be 2006. It feels just like yesterday, Tom. I could have been a contender. (laughs) Oh, shit. shit. He's beating up his microphone. (laughs) No, but what I'm getting at about that is it's that's what, you know, some things just stand the test of time. Yeah. And I just love to explore that aspect of film. Like what has really just stood the test? No. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 100%. I will guarantee that you watching... What was the last 70s film? What was the last movie you watched? The last movie I watched... Oh, I watched a movie last night. So that doesn't really count though. Just name it. I watched Batman 1989. (laughs) I love that movie. Yeah, you saw Batman 1989. Guess what I watched last? Yeah. Creed 3. Oh, okay. Well, that was... I thought that was pretty bad, personally. Which one would you rather see again? Oh, Batman. I will never watch Creed 3 again. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's so awesome of you to do that. I wish I would do that more. Because I'll look at... But, HBO Max has... T- uh, they had a 310 to Yuma, the original. Yeah. I don't, it was made like in what? The 70s, 60s? The thing is, that's like going to... That's like It's like writing and it's like going to the gym... The and thing it's is, so much you better. Just have to hit play. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, five minutes into an old good film, you are so sold. Dude, you know what I still think about? Uh, the Charles Bronson one, that uh, title I, with Henry Fonda. But yeah, Once Upon a Time in the West. Is that Henry Fonda from Twelve Ringer Man? Yeah. That's not his son, Peter Fonda. That's Henry Fonda. I don't know. It's one of them. I think it's Henry Fonda and uh, Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. That fucking movie is Harmo- so fucking cool, Harmonica. It that is one of the that is one of the coolest fucking movies I've ever seen, and that's like what I'm, legit. It's just such a fucking cool movie. And that's what I'm saying is there's there's so many of those to explore. But I I did want to mention, and this is a probably a pretty big tangent. I apologize. Oh, dude, we you were like Stephen. We should do so many sh- so many topics. It's gonna be three hours. Well. I'm having a good time, so I hope I hope, you, good, I hope you're all we'll having split a, it up into two. I'm hope you're having a good time out there. But so I watched a movie that is what dickhead is if we fuck up. Wasn't that Halloween? No, Eve, this is almost terrifying. Like I watched it and I was just like, almost they're almost beat for beat. Oh, Tom, don't scare me. But I think Dick, Dickhead is better than this film. And the film that I'm talking about is Pillow Fight, Pillow Party Massacre. <laughs> Maybe we'll throw it on. I was, I was We're like, competing with Pillow Fight Massacre? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it has a cold open in which. Have you heard of fentanyl? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You got some. <laughs> Oh, I was having some very existential dread while watching this movie because it's almost beat for beat our movie, except they have like way higher budget and tits. Fentanyl, I hear you don't need a whole lot of. (laughs) But this movie, you know, at least got sold to somebody that distributed it so I could watch it. So we could discover it. And we always say, we just want our film to be seen. Yes. 
I wanted some money in that <laughs> statement. Though, you know, maybe like I mean, hundred dollars. So. But I mean, I just want to say that's I you know I want to talk. I just wanted to bring that up. Man, yeah. I really want you to actually watch this movie because I had a I had a horrible good time watching it because it, how much it reminded me of Dickhead. Well, okay. Juror number nine. Okay. You got to remove your bias. Impartially. Oh, it's a three out of ten? Four out of ten? Okay, that's fair. You're judging fairly. Mm -hmm. But, like I said, with you convicting that man to life for just stealing some fucking cookies in the cookie jar. He stole firearms. Well, what else are you going to steal? I'm not going (laughs) to rob someone's house and steal real cookies. I'm going to steal the fucking goods. Anyways. And an iPad, which self-incriminated himself. <laughs> what a dumbass. How do you open this? Take picture. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways. But he forgot to switch the, <laughs> the, the account. Dude, you're making me forget my point. Oh. God. Damn it. Something about being a jury member. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Did you have fun watching this movie? Oh, yeah. I loved it. <laughs> Like it was it you enjoyed the time you spent in front of that screen. It was worth the time they asked of you. Yes. That's all I could ask for. I mean, because the the thing was is I start I and I maybe this is just a part of me, but I start to really like bad movies. No, I love bad movies too. Like beca- well, I said like really, really there. I apologize. I need to stop saying like at all. Yeah, you say it a lot. It's hard. I think that's just built into our DNA. You saw Clueless a lot when you were a young yeah, child. As if. Um, <laughs> but what I wanted to say about bad movies is, man, I just have a, I have a really good time watching bad movies. I, yeah. To me, I love... Why bad, do you think I watch contemporary movies? I love bad acting, man. but I hate cringy acting. Yes, and, and I like a, how you pointed out the difference in another episode. But yeah. if you want to go again. Yeah. So th- to me, the, the biggest difference is bad acting is like is entertaining and fun. Cringy acting just makes you want to kill yourself. And it, it just feels gross. Like you're you know why? Because you feel bad for the actor. You feel bad for the actor. Because it's like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Ooh. Someone said someone. You feel bad for the actor, and also you just like the writing just makes you hurt inside. That's sad, right? You feel bad because for the actor. It's like, oh, 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 oh. Why did you get? Why were you given these lines? I feel so bad for you. But then there's the room, yeah, where it's like, why were you given these lines? But I don't know. There's some magic to it. <laughs> <laughs> there's some yeah. fucking magic there. Yeah, there's some like yeah, there is something very entertaining about bad there's just something, acting. Yeah, a magical about it, and you know it when you see it, and you're just like. Yes, give me more. It's like, I love it. I mean, you know what I think it is? No, I know exactly what it is, but you go first. It's the honesty of it because they're not trying to <laughs> act. I was going to say, <laughs> the, the, the fun of it, the fun of it is, it's, you know, the, you know how there's like, they're laughing with me, right? No, we're laughing at, at you. you. Yeah. And bad movies are us laughing at you. And maybe that's like a weird no. bullying thing. Cringe is laughing at you. No, cringe is like, I feel gross and I want to take a shower because of how awful everything is. Oh, there's no laughing at all. No. That's when it's bad. Yes. That's when it's bad. Oh, no, no that's laughing. When the, that's when the real like, bad takes over. Yeah. No laughing is like a bad situation. Yeah. But good, bad acting 
is entertaining because it's like we're laughing at you because it's so hysterical and absurd yeah. what you're saying and doing. And but like, that's why the, there's an honesty to right? Be that it's absurd, like right? there's that there's that hard ticket to Hawaii movie where they have like a really cheap prop, and it's like and the cheap but the cheap prop. It's so charming how fucking cheap and gross it looks. Dude, I, even in good movies when they use like a cheap prop, sometimes that just it's the, like because it's a simplicity. It's like you, you got so much money, but you want this cheap little prop. <laughs> I do respect that. Like I I do enjoy that sometimes. Yeah, too. and it's one of the reasons why we love practical effects so much. Yeah. Is because we like granted they don't look real. You obviously yes, <laughs> real is boring. It's not like blood if someone gets shot a million times and blood's everywhere it's like nah it's probably just little puffs it's why it's why I can't watch the UFC it's because real life is so much more boring than what we're sold in entertainment no, to me dude if to you, me I've seen dude, a lot of you UFC see the fights. mash smash people's noses in and you just see a I don't, turn I dude, don't feel it at all but how do you not feel it oh but, my god I, I stopped watching for a couple years because it was so bad no, I don't but now I, I was like Blood. Blood. Not me. I can't get into but dude, it. But dude, sometimes I I don't watch it high because it's too much. Oh, not me. I don't feel I it. Get, I I'm can only so- drink or sober. But I, like I get more excited oh. watching Street Fighter, the movie, than I do watching UFC. But that's me. I'm just How? saying for me. UFC's real though, dude. Yeah, but it's have you ever like bumped your nose? I have. This mine's big. I bump it all the time. Dude, I like die inside. I that's cheer where I like up, my, I cry, I curl up. See, but that's my sociopath because that's or oh. I don't feel for them. But don't you? But I react feel, like I feel that? for Jean Claude. But what about the way you feel for yourself when you bump your nose into a wall? Has oh. that ever happened? Oh yeah, it hurts. I mean, I remember I had I have a fractured skull. So, buddy, put your place <laughs> in front of the UFC guy or girl. But I can't do it for some reason. I'm just like, wow, look at these guys dressed in ketchup. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't, no. I can't, I don't understand. Yeah. No, I feel it. That's why I respect them so much. No, no, I respect them because I don't feel it. <laughs> but I also am way more entertained by like awesome angles and John Woo movies. But that's, look, I'm not, I, you know, I no, don't. No, that's fine. Don't you don't have sports. to like sports. That's that's just what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about acceptance and agreements. We were talking about 12 Angry Men, dude. We haven't moved on from that fucking shit. So let's wrap that up. 12. Do you know what this episode's about? Dreams. It's about dreams. <laughs> and I'm dreaming about all these things. <laughs> and everyone in our I, audience is asleep I, dreaming right now. <laughs> I wish I were waking up. Uh well, how about we wake up? Final thoughts on 12 Angry Men. You have the show notes. Final thoughts. All right. Okay. You guess mine. I'll guess yours. Just say a number. I'll say a number. And then we'll reveal ours. You're going to give the movie a 9 out of 10. Damn it. He knew. No. You're wrong. (laughs) Eight. (laughs) What am I going to give the movie? Yeah, you're going to give it an eight. Oh no way! No, what do you give it? No, this movie's this movie's a nine. Really, nine out of ten for me. You're you're wrong with me too. Really, what do you give it? Ten out of ten. Really, ten out of ten. Yeah. I, the only reason I give this movie a nine out of ten, despite the coercion, 
is, oh, can you give me this a nine out of ten without a reasonable, without reasonable doubt? What what is it? Yes, and it's the issue that you brought up. What's the issue I brought up? I don't remember. <laughs> But it was very I convinced com- you that it was okay. very compelling, hey, and I remember right. being compelled by it. What was the wow, issue that you brought up? That's impressive. I don't ever convince you. You uh, did convince me. It was something you said you had. It there, wasn't the story. The one problem that you had with the film, and I can't remember. Oh, it's the wild, how wild and above and beyond Henry Fonda. Harry Fonda goes. Yeah, and that you know what I I never really had thought about it, but Henry Fonda's us, and guess what? We didn't go that far <laughs> above. But also, well, no, Henry Fonda, but the, the thing is just like. He's an everyman kind of, right? The one who always doubts and just tries to look at it. I guess. Skeptically. Oh, you know skeptic. why this movie is a, a 9 out of 10? <sighs> Unfortunately, because of how much of a fantasy it is. Well, no, that's your own cynicism. Plan. That's my cynicism. So that's not fair. Okay, so then it's a 10 out of 10. Hey, everybody. Did you see what I did there? <laughs> We're down a reasonable Henry doubt. Fonda, and you know who you are? Lee J. Cobb, you fucking bigot. You know what? That's right. You're right. I am. So on to part two. So, buddy. Part two. How does it feel getting... Oh, hold on. We're not in part two yet. Oh, so, buddy, yeah. how, does, how does it feel getting back into the list? It's been quite a while. Oh, fuck. Are you looking forward to our next film? Psycho. Our next film is Psycho, dude. And you know what? I saw that film not too long ago, actually. Oh, fuck. That was like 10 years ago. God damn. Time goes so fast. But um, I saw that film and I didn't grow up with it because I mean, Psycho's what? 1960. I feel like Psycho is kind of synonymous with like Jaws. Yes. Like if you grow up watching movies, you've seen Jaws, you've seen Psycho. Yes. Because like, what's after Jaws? Oh, check out Psycho. Well, before Jaws is Psycho. Yeah. Well, I'm not even trying to say any comparison necessarily. It's just like these movies are so much of the zeitgeist of yes. film and it, scary movies. I don't think it's... In, I don't... Oh, I'm sure maybe now kids nowadays because they're really dumb. But <laughs> um, people like us, our generation... <laughs> how about that? Our generation, we grew yeah. up... We grew up knowing these twists. Mm. We grew like I, I saw a wonderful, beautiful thread that made me really excited on Reddit filmmaking. And it, it was about how this guy had introduced his son to Terminator and Terminator 2. And his son did not know the twist that Arnold was the good guy in Terminator 2. Oh, dude. Right? And he got to experience that through his son, but Everyone in our generation knew. No, I saw it in a theater. Right. But there was a trailer that showed Arnold being the good guy. It, it was always spoiled. James Cameron had intended it for everyone to know. It was? Yeah. It was in the trailer. Oh, wow. He talks about it in the thread. And he was saying his son, like, right? It's like introducing someone to watch Star Wars for the first time without being spoiled. Oh, God, Darth Vader. Yeah. Could you imagine that not that, like, just ha- not having that knowledge ever? And That's being, how I want to raise my kids, man. Right. And it's like, damn. What were we talking about? Psycho, psycho. But everyone knows that Norman Bates is, is, is pretending to be his mom. Well, there you go. 
<laughs> there you go, my future child. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> well, there you go. How about we go back to the first question? How do you feel getting back into the list? Ah oh, man, I love it, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to watching Psycho. To kind of go back on what you were riffing on, I do know the twist of Psycho, and I watched Psycho, <laughs> and I was like, "Everyone's wrong, right? This twist is not coming." <laughs> and then you see the twist happening, and it comes, and you're still like, "What the fuck is? What? That's that's real? That's and- a fucking great point." Because that almost makes knowing better. And that's genius. Yes. You know what other film is like that? Kaiser Soze. Yes. No, not to me, no. When you see Kevin Spacey walk normal. Spoilers. Yeah. Oh, fuck. The other one. Dude, that's one of the greatest spoilers ever. It is, it but truly is, because you no, never suspect that. You literally just changed my entire perspective of Psycho just by saying those that that those words. Because that film is elevated by knowing that Norman Bates is the killer. Yeah. Because the whole movie, you're hoping he it's, isn't the killer. Well, not just that; it's a heist film, and you're rooting for Janet Lee. Yes. You're like, yes, she's gonna make it. She's getting out of here. Yes, we got the fucking money because she yeah. struggles, right? And you're not necessarily in agreement with her. But you want her because you're like, fuck the man. Get the money. Get out of here. No, I'm sure going in blind is is beautiful to this film, but nearly impossible. But, yeah. but. Well, now, yeah. But the spoiler, the twist, the twists are so good in this film. You don't even believe it, even no. knowing them. That's so impressive. Like you were saying with, uh, what were we talking? What was your Kaiser Soze? Yeah, knowing the twist, it changes how you watch the film. But you still, but it doesn't know what happens. It doesn't have the impact. That's fair. That's fair. But because you're right, we're like, dude, Janet Lee almost gets away. She gets away with it. You know what? I'll tell you. She gets away with it, and we're so happy she gets with it. And you know what? Nothing ever happens with that money. No. But you know what? You make a good point. And I'll bring this back around to what you insulted me for earlier. UFC. Sometimes I'll see the results of a fight. And then I'll watch the fight. And I'm like, it don't go down like that. I saw how you're winning this round. And then guess what? He says, let me get you in a chokehold. And he's on his face and he's choking him. And he's just resting. And he's like... No, that's not how it goes down. And there's a certain amount of disbelief. And then understanding what you once once you watch it, because seriously, for Psycho, I mean, it was like, God damn it. I know this twist is here. It's the most famous twist ever in twisting history. But then when you watch the film, you understand on a whole new level. Same thing with The Exorcist, man. This is a tangent. But this is what The Exorcist is. When everyone says the greatest horror film ever, that's The Exorcist. Mm, I can argue that. No, no, no. It is. 
Because everything, no. everything, hold on, everything is post Exorcist. Like, what Psycho is for a twist? I'm thinking of something that's earlier that I think is that is the contender for the greatest horror film of our time. Yeah, but no one knows it. Rosemary's for, Baby. No one mentions Rosemary's Baby. Listen, dude. The I, reason why. Hold on, hold on. I grew up with parents who grew up during Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist. And guess what? You know what the best film they ever said is? Stay alive, stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's the greatest fucking film ever. So fuck both of us. But honestly, these films are just done so well in such a way that you're still in disbelief of what you're seeing. And that's what Psycho is. Like, you watch that film, you're like, no, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. You're like, fuck off. You know, fuck you. And then you see it, you're like, <laughs> and you're just in shock until the entire end of the film. And that, damn, that's great. That's so, I, so you know what we're going to Well, you know what I'm going to say for Psycho. Oh, yeah. But 12 Angry Men, simple version of Psycho. Because you see Henry Fonda smoking out the window and you're like, oh, I know what's, I know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> they said what's going to happen. I have reasonable doubt. God damn it. I have got, I, so, no, no, no. I, no, I do not doubt. I do not doubt. So, Fuck you, Henry Fonda. Maybe, 10 out of 10. Maybe now it's my arrogance. Oh, it's my arrogance. <laughs> 100%. What if we played the ending first and the beginning last for our movie for or a dickhead? Because then, but then you telegraph everything. Exactly. But is it? We're trying to but be that psycho. Lead up to anything. No. We're revealing the twist so that they are in disbelief that the twist no. could happen. Look, it. I know you were a kid at one point. <laughs> Listen. You were a kid at one point, and you would go down a slide, and you had a time of your life going down that slide. If you were old enough, that slide was made out of metal, and it wasn't the afternoon, so the sun wasn't on it, so you were just like, wee. Now, you're a fucking kid, because you're stupid, and you don't know how to climb up shit, so you go up the slide, like trying to walk up the slide. And remember how hard it is? Do you remember? Verse going down the slide. But how rewarding is it to walk up the slide once you get to the top and get to ride down it? You know what the reward is? Going down the slide. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun climbing up the slide, wasn't it? What's my point? Your point was that uh, it's better to just let the audience ride out the ride without having to climb up the slide. Oh, no. Uh, don't make it too easy. Like, what? there's no twist for Dickhead that we filmed. You're right. Where you can know what's going to happen and it's still shocking. For Psycho, you know what's going to happen and it's still shocking. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't do that? No. Oh, nobody. I thought we maybe did that. No, we did not. We did not. I know the drugs are speaking to you. They're giving you encouragement, but we did not get that. Okay. Well, let's go into dreams. So, uh, yes, dreams, but I got to take a piss. Stay tuned for part two. Two. Twin Shadows Podcast. Dot Podcast. com. <laughs> oh, shit. We, I wish we had a dot com. We'd be rich. Boy, oh, boy. 
I hope you guys are enjoying this episode. This is the interlude. It might not see the light of day, but who knows? This is Twin Shadows Podcast brought to you by Tom and Steve. We just hope you enjoy listening to the show. The most important thing that you can do is like, subscribe, and just talk about the show. We appreciate and love interaction. Oh boy, are we lonely. Your voice really matters. We would really like to talk to you. And if you want to talk to us, come on the show. Just send us a message. Find us at twitter.com slash twin shadow podcast or production. It's one of those. Twin shadow production at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. You know, man, that would be great. We love hearing from you guys if you're out there or ladies or non-binary pals, whatever, man. Just give us the shout. I'm doing an ad for us. Steven remembers what he wanted to ask me. I'm putting my headphones back on. Um, he can't find his tums. Damn, that's only part two. That's only part one. We're gonna part two of Twitch Shadows podcast, everybody. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed that discussion. Of is this officially part two? Yeah. I hope everyone destroyed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to part two of Twin Shadows Podcast. I hope everyone enjoyed the discussion on 12 Angry Men, the upcoming episode of Psycho, as well as the WGA writers discussion, as well as fun news articles such as Do We Like Ezra Miller? <laughs> Find out listening to part one of the episode. Uh, spoilers. No, we do not. <laughs> well, you got the show notes, so. And guess what? We talk about AI for 45 minutes. <laughs> so if you'd like to, if you'd like to hear, get very heated about the courtroom. <laughs> yes. Steven and I actually tell some great uh, personal stories. So go back and listen to part one. You'll enjoy it. But now kick up your shoes. Close Wait, your eyes. What's your official rating for Ain't 12 in Your Men? 9 out of 10? 10 out of 10. You convinced me. Henry Fonda. <laughs> I want to set up the scene. Yeah. Kick back. Close your eyes. Unless you're driving your car. That would be a very bad idea. No, that's the best time to do it. Just listen to our voice and our discussion. We shall keep things at a calm, cool mood. Cool. And Stephen wanted to start this off by saying, <laughs> I believe we've done an episode on this before. Yes. But I had a dream. I had what a dream. dream. Oh, And it made me want to revisit the topic. But, like most of my dreams, I forgot what I wanted to focus on. <laughs> yeah, I did. So, buddy, why don't you kick us off? Do you remember when I said I don't have my show notes? No. <laughs> I wanted to do this episode on uh, dreams. And I know we've talked about this. You said it was a very long time ago. I cannot find that episode. But I'm sure we did. I'm sure we did. So that's the truth. But still, I think dreams can be a great source. So you said, oh, and I shit. quote, Now, I know dreams inspire your stories to write. But do they... To Tom. Yes. But do they affect your approach to the creation of the film, such as direction, camera work, art design? Very good, Steve. 
What is one story from a dream that you want to create? Oh, hey. Oh, it went that deep. So, I guess I can start from the top on this. Do they affect my approach in the creation of films such as direction, camera work, and art design? Absolutely. Not really? so much art design. Yeah. As I, I don't, the details are always very fuzzy. I'm not very, I don't have always a very clear picture. But definitely in the camera work and mostly in the camera work, really. Well, how can you, how can it be camera work if you don't have a clear idea? Because, well, not that, like, it's like, oh, I can't really, I'm not necessarily seeing like a clear pattern image, on their clothing. Kind of like the concept of the image? No, no, no. I mean, I mean like the fine details. The fine details? Yeah. Like if he's wearing a patterned shirt that has like a lizard on it or something, I'm not really seeing that in my head. Oh, okay. I more will take that. And have to break that down further. But like yeah. in the dream, if we're talking about the dream, like one of the dreams I have, it's like I'm a fly, the flo- flying camera. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's essentially like I'm a camera. Like that's my dream. I dream as if I am a flying camera. <laughs> do, you have, that- do you have wings? <laughs> no. Oh. I don't like a bitch ass camera. <laughs> I'm a flying camera. It, you know, it's not, you know, I'm, it, and it feels like I, I always equate, equate it to it feels like I'm watching movies because even if yeah. I'm in the dreams, they're still like in third person. So, <laughs> like I almost always dream in third person. So you're never you? No, I'm always dreaming in third person. Almost always. That's interesting because I do that too, but I'll also go back into first person. I, I wish it was first person because no, the fucking it would look more real. <laughs> oh, dude, I... I've had, I'm kidding. I, don't I think I've had two dreams. sex dreams. Yeah. Today? <laughs> <laughs> I wish, man. It don't happen like that, buddy. But, wow, that's interesting. But I know I wanted to get more into dreams, and you have all the show notes, so you have the questions. But I will say that, no, 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 you keep it. You're doing great, buddy. What's the next? Oh, what is one story from a dream that you want to create? Oh, shit. I ain't got one. I'll look it up. You go ahead. You wrote something? Yeah, I wanted to see. Because, see, you were supposed to look at the notes and yeah. then get one of your scripts that were based on one of your dreams. and then. Yeah, I can do this. I thought you had something that you wrote. Yeah, well, I figured you had something you wrote, so I'll, I wanted you to describe yours, and I'll then I was going to share mine. Okay, very yeah. well. Because you have them a lot, right? Yeah, all the time. So, so that's because I don't. I've talked about them a couple times on the podcast, so I've probably given away some of my <laughs> my better stories. But one dream, well, whatever you're cool with giving away. Man. No, yeah, but one dream uh, that I always have that's like a constant is. Essentially, it's a film about like this guy that lives in a motel, like out in the middle of nowhere. And it's like a very Coen Brothers esque type of movie. He always sits on the roof. So the whole thing is like he sits on a roof and he watches like some weird lady swim naked in the pool. And he sits on the roof and he's like eating a sandwich. And then aliens come and. They want to buy, they, they buy sandwiches from him because he makes like little shitty sandwiches for the guests in the hotel. Like that's the room service. It's like a bologna sandwich. <laughs> and one of, and in, and in one of the rooms, 
uh, it's a woman who uh, like had murdered her husband and she uh, pretty much murders him in the hotel room. And it's like her trying to like get away with dragging the body away. And then the aliens are there and like the naked woman's like a weird, what? it's like a crazy succubus lady that swims in the pool. She's naked. With the lady trying to get her husband and out the so window? so he's like too afraid to go and approach her because she only comes on like full moon nights. And so that night is a full moon. And as he gets down, he finally worked up the courage to go and talk to her because he's too drunk. And while he's like climbing down the ladder, he like sees a woman like dragging a corpse into her trunk, but he like completely ignores it. It's something that just completely happens in the background. It's never actually made apparent. It's just something that's happening. Like no one addresses it ever. Yeah. And then so he like walks over and he gets up to the succubus lady, right? And and it's like, he's like, you know, why do you always swimming in my pool, right? <laughs> why are you always over here, man? <laughs> and she just like completely ignores him. And then a guy gets out of Why the, are you always over in my pool? <laughs> and then a guy gets out of his hotel room and he's like all ripped and muscular and handsome. And he jumps in the pool and like fucks her or whatever. In front of him? <laughs> yeah. What, and, what, do, what do people are... Why are people fucking in this pool? Dude, who knows creation, bro? <laughs> uh, so like, and, then, and and he's like, oh, I guess it's like that, huh? <laughs> and, uh-huh. he, and he just goes back, and he and then that's when he sells the sandwiches to the aliens, and they and he and you know he's just like, you know, fuck life, man. You know, being human fucking sucks, man. The aliens are like, we do not understand. <laughs> we want bologna sandwiches. <laughs> How do they like to bologna sandwiches though? It's like mayo, bologna, and American cheese, and then another no mustard, and then another thing of mayo. No mustard. They're aliens. Into pickles? No pickles. Salt? No salt. Pepper? No pepper. Hot sauce? No hot sauce. Cheese. Mayo, cheese, bologna, <laughs> bread. <What>? Mayo. <laughs> A little bit of butter? No butter. What kind of bread? Wonder bread. Could I? Have- and he serves them on these little plates and so they so he makes the sandwiches and then someone calls and it's the girl that murdered her husband no 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 not her we are ignoring her sorry i meant it's another girl are you telling us what are your stories yeah let's let's hear it (laughs) what's happening there's the guy the aliens aliens left this girl and she rings up and she wants a sandwich And then it turns into like a love story. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> there you go, buddy. What's your story? <laughs> nah, dude. Oh, that's a good story. That's the best story I've ever heard about. <laughs> <laughs> Don't patronize me. <laughs> I'm, not patron- I'm on board, buddy. All right. What's your story? Oh, buddy, it's bad. Let's see it. Let's see it. It's a dream. What was the first question? The first question is, oh, um, do your dreams inspire uh, your approach to the creation of direction, camera work, or art design? Yeah. Because I want to know that from you because... I said it. I answered that already. In detail? Yeah. You remember how I dream in 3D or in third person? 
But you see lighting and all of that? Yeah. Do you see tone? No, not really. That's my problem. I have mm. to kind of make that up. I make what, that what, up. What, what do you mean? Because you don't see tone, so it's like, yeah, it could be dramatic, but maybe it's dramatic in a comedic way, or maybe it's dramatic in like literally a dramatic way, or maybe it's just to the extreme kind of dramatic. Well, so the thing is, it's like I'm just pressing play and watching it. Yeah, I felt I felt that numerous times. Yeah, yeah. But- I don't necessarily know if I have control. Like once I sometimes I can be like, wait a minute, go back, play that over. Oh, but there always there are always some very weird consistencies in my dream. You know how I know I know I'm in a dream. How car brakes never work, and wait, I you're always in a car in your dream sometimes. But <laughs> one thing is I can the brakes <laughs> the brakes never work in my dreams. I can never stop the car. I have to like push like almost my foot through the floor, like literally through like the metal, and the car still doesn't break. Like- and and I always have Every the ability. Single dream. I always have the ability to fly, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What kind of dream are you having? <laughs> I've never had a dream like that. <laughs> yes. So I flap my wings and I jump a lot of times, <laughs> but I can never fly. <laughs> Wait, always. have you had this dream more than like once? Oh, all the time. This no. is recurring. Okay, look. Wait, what? You have to understand. In my dreams, whenever I'm in my dreams, I can always fly, but I can never. I know I, I know I have the ability to fly, but I can never can. No, but this this is recurring. Like yes, all the time, all the time. I have dreams like this. Can I see what it looks like? <laughs> <laughs> can I get a reenactment? Because remember, we were talking about actors. <laughs> I can't do it, <laughs> buddy. You gotta delve deep. So just let it be free. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's like I always think because I can jump, I can jump really high and land okay. But I you can think ne- you could jump really high and no, land okay? But I can because I always end up in really tall places, <laughs> <laughs> like on roofs and stuff. But I can never fly. <laughs> <laughs> I've been and people are always like, "Damn, dude, this guy can jump really high." <laughs> But I'm like, I'm not jumping high. I'm trying to fly. (laughs) You don't get it. I'm trying to fly. And they're like, but you're jumping really high. And I'm like, you don't get it. (laughs) I'm trying to fly. (laughs) But I never can, buddy. And just like in cars, I can never break. I don't get it. I push my foot to the floor, man. It just doesn't slow down. You're not even like a Flintstone? No. Does that make you feel weak? (laughs) <laughs> should i be laying down come on you go on does it, it doesn't make me feel weak it makes me feel really <laughs> curious curious about what because i'm like why the fuck does it never work so it's mysterious to you <laughs> yeah interesting because i know the brake should work when i hit the brake but they never break have you thought about taking a pill? <laughs> <laughs> Many times. There's a pill that can make it not break even when you're trying to break. Oh, but I want it to break. No, you don't want it to break. Yeah, I want it to break. It'll, well, it's going to break. Because, I mean, how long can you not break for, right? 
at some point you're gonna break. I always crash, so I don't know. No, I don't necessarily crash. Yeah. This I just don't slow down. This has airbags. Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta shake your leg just like you're doing. Did I tell you in my dreams? Yeah. I'm always <laughs> a very <laughs> smooth. <What>? You're smooth. <laughs> Silver, I'm a smooth silver I, man. What? I think you made me peel myself. You're you're smooth. I'm a smooth silver man. Why are you smooth in your dreams? Okay, so you have to understand. And what does silver man mean? So I used to always have this dream over and over and over that I was selected by aliens oh, to go to their to go to their planet and save their race, and in return they made me the silver man. <laughs> And I had control over nanites. What are nanites? They're little tiny, tiny robots. And one of the things that I did with these what, nanites. What are the where are the nanites? Are they in like uh I absorb all energy. All energy. So <laughs> as people shoot me with guns, the bullets just absorb into me. I was you know <laughs> I absorb all I, energy. Yeah. <laughs> I am a nanite. <laughs> Here's my World power. <laughs> so hold on. <laughs> I'm a dead. You understand? Hold on. I'm getting to the crazy <laughs> part. That's it's not even dead. crazy. Yet. That's what all that I say. You know, he's like, hold on, man. I'm getting there. You're having, you're I'm got, a dead. You haven't got to the world domination part yet. Okay. So when I land on Earth, I start making copies of myself, millions and billions of them, but I use them to build community centers. Community centers. Yes, because I'm enacting my plot to conquer Earth. Earth. Yeah, but I have these little nanites, and I use it to make this little goo, and it's all it glows. <laughs> Are you talking about you green. masturbating? No, I maybe I don't know. No, In probably a not. Dark light, and it's green, and it, it glows and green? green, and it always isn't like you remember how a lead pencils, the the mechanical ones, they always had those little containers that oh, had all the, the little leads in them. They're like the little square ones. They're hard plastic. He's got the radiation. You know about those? No. Yes. Remember those little like, they're like little. They're called mechanical pencils. Don't stroke it. No, but the the little packets no, of the lead came in. Why are you stroking in. it? Like, because that's what happens. So, so that's the mechanical we, pencil. But what I do is I seed that into the clouds and it rains for three days. Mechanical little dicks. The green goo. And whenever it touches someone, it downloads the nanites into them and it scans their memory. And if they ever wow. did anything too bad, it just blows them up. <laughs> but all the good people, they get to like reconfigure their body. So it's like, I want to be this weight, this height, whatever. So And it cures them of all their diseases and it makes young people, old people young. And Buddy, are you, do you star in this movie? <laughs> I'm the I'm the guy. <laughs> I'm God. <laughs> Don't you understand? What what else? What else is how do the nanites go out to realize that you are the because they're tiny parts of me. So they're finally I'm the silver man. So they're finally happy to return home. Yeah. So after everyone, after the great purge of all the <laughs> evil people that I deem evil, because it's yeah. me who I deem evil. Yeah. Right? Elon Musk ain't making the cut. <laughs> He's blown up. 
Yeah. Starlink gone. So this is the craziest fucking episode ever. <laughs> God damn you, Bon Jovi. I mean, <laughs> Bonstone. So we're talking about dream movies. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're getting back to it. So after every, you know, after the Great Purge, after all the bad people are gone and all the good people get to like be young and no have no diseases and they can have whatever hair they want. How Eugenics now, whatever they want, it's whatever you choose. What's my options? Whatever you want. You want to be 12 feet tall, buddy? You could be 12 feet tall. I grant that to tall? you for being a good person. You want a nine inch nine inch dick? Yes. You go for it. Oh, nine inches? Well, could I have you want nine to be, You want to be 18 again? Boom. Yes. Done. <gasps> oh my God. And then we and then we start to build interstellar ships. But this is after I make an army of clones that's so great I just march over the earth and I take it over. And I present a screen. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. So is everyone around me you? No. They're themselves. Where are you? Because you made a clone army to destroy your... They're the Silvermen. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Explain it to me very slowly. Okay, you so... You think you're a Silverman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the dream. Only. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Yeah. And what are the other men? No, they're copies. <laughs> they're copies. They're AI. So you think AI you're the, clones. So you think you're the silver bit, but you're the not the copy. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're the silver bit. Yeah. They're the copy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> For everyone listening, he's thumbing up at me. Come on, buddy. Let's see what you got. <laughs> What are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so yeah. And I just create peace on earth, you know, utopia, whatever. That's really good. What was the topic about? What was the main subject? I don't know. Oh, you're supposed to tell me your story about dreams. Ah, uh, dude, I'm not going to find that. But dude. Oh, I look at him. He got afraid. I shouldn't have went first. Oh, fuck. It's really? <clears throat> no. It, Tom. <laughs> you want me to look for it? Yeah, come on. Yeah, I thought you were supposed to be looking for it this whole yeah, time. No. Oh my goodness. I want to hear you write good. No. <laughs> no. I read But this, I did did have a us. dream once because you do inspire me because you have some really awesome dreams, man. Hey man, I'm the silver man. <laughs> Call me the silver man. No, seriously, your fucking dreams are cool. And that's why I kind of brought this up because I wish. Well, you've been taking... I wish I would remember it more, man. I just don't fucking remember my dreams. But the other question is like doing the vitamins to help me sleep and then there's that dream root shit. Yeah. So I kind of want to try that. So while Steven looks, he wrote this. I did write it. And I quote, Should a writer like myself who never remembers their dreams me, Nor has me not. I don't remember my dreams. I, I'm quoting you. Okay. Jesus Christ. Sir, find your story. Yes, sir. Nor has many interesting ones tried to explore that realm, like with the aid of dream root or vitamins that can help create more vivid dreams. Yes. <laughs> so you're asking if you should try and, and get yourself more vivid dreams. Yeah. Yes and no. One, one thing for Buddy, me. I can't find that shit. If you want to look on my phone. For what? 
It's all right, buddy. Yeah. I understand you're afraid. <laughs> <laughs> what? But so to me, I, you know, and this is where I, I think I have a lot in common with David Lynch. Not that I'm saying I have a lot of common in like quality of creation of art or whatever. Yeah. But it's just, you know, always be dreaming, always be daydreaming. Don't like to me, you don't necessarily have to be asleep and be dreaming. Like just allow your mind to wander and the craziest shit can happen. And maybe that's the kind of shit you should, you could use. You know, I always used to, I've been thinking about this a lot when it comes to writing a stream of consciousness where I don't even know where the story is going and it's a surprise to me. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a well thought out and good story because <laughs> the universe is providing it. Doesn't mean that the universe like knows what it's doing. I would like to hope that the universe is talking to me through the story and the characters. And maybe that's e ego. But maybe it's just the universe has no idea and it's better to plot it out and plan it. But, you know, there's something about dreaming and it just it adds authenticity because your wildest and, and, and like it's like let the world decide like you were trying to psychoanalyze me. Right. And it's like. Mm -hmm. Man, you know what? Maybe you're you're not, you can help me. Maybe think about it differently, and like maybe you could show that to the world if you can capture that as art. Capture your dreams. Yeah, what the universe is telling you, like what the the what the assembly of all of your knowledge and chemicals joining together to create the whatever creates the idea. So then, let's say you're getting that. Do you? Cause then, cause then you're gonna transcribe that. You're gonna translate it, right? So how are you gonna tell that story? Are you gonna be like, "Hey, let me just try to be the dream, the dream, completely, and just go wherever it goes"? Or are you gonna try to corral it and then? Is that even a word? Yeah. Yes, corral it, and then you're gonna try to make it like a more cohesive story for people to follow along. So what I like to do, and what I've been doing, is I. Am trying to just transcribe what I'm seeing as dreams into detailed reality. So, like when I was writing Mr. Rico, I don't know if I should spoil it too much. I'm not spoiling no, don't anything. Spoil anything. No yeah. spoilers, but but when I was writing Mr. When I was writing Mr. Rico, and I was thinking about the character, I'll just tell the first like. Is his name Johnny? Sure, you asked that already, but <laughs> yay! Yeah, he's Johnny Rico. Johnny Rico. If I have any, I'm the writer, right? I can do what I yes. want. Yes. So I'll just show the I'll tell the opening, which is a little bit of a spoiler in itself because it's a it's a sight gag. Yeah, I knew he couldn't keep his lips tight. <laughs> Don't so trust this. This is just the first He'll two. He'll fold like that. This is the first two, three minutes. That's an example. First two, three minutes, the opening. Right? You have a you have the character dancing to some music and the sound is going in and out from what he's hearing in the headphones to what he's hearing outside the headphones. What am I talking about? <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil it. I, I that's my out. But you have to transcribe your dreams. So Stephen says, and I quote: "Do you know how hard how, it was for me? How much of the dream do you translate? Do you transcribe it verbatim?" And let it go into chaos like dreams can be? Or do you corral the dream into something more comprehensive? <laughs> and I think you asked that already. <laughs> yes, <I did. laughs> 
But I'm uh I'm coming back to it. And just I want to talk. So yes, I try to transcribe. I'm just trying to capture, and then I as I'm capturing it, the more details just come to me. That's so like when I I uh more details come back to you. What details are you talking about, dude? Uh, let me, can I read an example through a story that I had written? <laughs> let me show you what I've got through. Yeah. So, uh, I got to find. So, it's going to be in my stories folder called Eve 2.0. Oh, man. Don't worry about it, buddy. We can move on. We got a game to play, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying is <laughs> just try to be as accurate in describing the the detail. And, you know, the universe will, if you're lucky, the universe will grant for you more story. Can I ask you something, buddy? Yeah. So I don't remember a thing we were talking about quite, <laughs> quite a bit there. But um, I don't know, man. Like. For me, you know, fuck everyone else. Yeah. But the older movies versus the newer movies. I don't know. Uh, like, what's kind of your... I don't know. What's your mood? Are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? How do you feel about... Because, I mean, I don't think I'm that harsh. Because how many... You, you made a good point. How many movies really stand out in any generation? There's only a select few movies, and I think that will continue. Because there's a lot of recent movies that I think can rank in there. I would say the trend, and if I think the way to think about it is as a trend, is that older films, we we have a lot more of a... Like, right, we have all these years of all these really great and wonderful movies. And I feel like the trend goes up and down there are a lot more better older movies than there are newer movies. And I think that's just, it maybe is a trend. Yeah. And that may have to do with age and as, but I don't even know if that's true. Like, I also think it has to do with when you were born and like what you grew up with because your appreciation, like, I think, of course, I think people of all ages can appreciate anything. But I think we just appreciate it more too because we remember a time before all this shit that yeah. we have today. And maybe that's uh Well, that's what I'm looking for, like Legends of the Fall. Yeah. You know, we know what that movie was and is. Yeah. But is Emma? No. Right? There's she's not gonna really remember Brad Pitt as like young Brad Pitt. He's gonna be like grandpa Brad Pitt. Well, seven will be in there, I think. I think seven's a great film. Well and fight club. You know what the you know what's gonna be you know what the difference really kind of is too? And one reason that the old movies Wait, these movies to Twelve Angry Men? Yeah, and old movies in general. Before we get on to the game. Did we answer all the dream questions? No. (laughs) 
What? Oh, you want me to go to some dream no, questions? No, no, no. Finish, finish what you're saying, and then we'll figure it. <laughs> well, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> no I'm kidding. What? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> I was like, he's getting fucking deep. Let him finish. Get out of his way. Get out of his way. You got in my way, buddy. No, I know. I got it so in your way. I can't. I. <laughs> oh, man, you had a very great poignant. It was poignant, man. I was waiting for it. Old movies, new movies. Something old movies, new movies. 12 Angry Men, old movies, new movies, dreams. No, we never answered any of that. So what should we move on to? Oh, I think you were talking about old movies versus new movies. And I was talking about trends. And I was talking about that like 30 minutes ago. We're still on that? I think so. I'll just say that it's special when you can see an older movie hold up. And we fell as we both fell asleep on Twelve Angry Men when we watched it together. Yeah, but despite that, I think we would also say it's a great movie, regardless. Yes, you know. And there's a lot of movies I've fallen asleep to. I'm sure you have too. You know, just let it play. But Twelve Angry Men, goddamn man. Still to this day, I've been thinking about that film. Wait. Why are we talking about Twilight Angry Man? We finished that like 30 hours ago. Yeah, we did. That's in the first part. But I, you brought me back to the topic I wanted to talk about. That's what I'm here for, baby. You brought me back. Yes. So what I wanted to talk about was the thing that I think makes older movies so great is that we are on, and to maybe this is the word of the podcast, It's like everything we make now is a facsimile of things that have come before it. But we don't know what facsimile means. Okay, everything is a copy of a copy of a copy. And I think that's a really big problem because, (laughs) right, we're seeing, it's like, it's like, remember my blender analogy from part one? If not, go back and watch part one and make sure you go to patreon.com slash Winshot Podcast. We have... Steven has written movie reviews on there, which I believe are free to anybody. Just, I mean, just come and check out some of the free stuff we offer. We offer a lot of free stuff on there as well. There's an entirely new show called uh, TSP something, Explorers or something like that, or TSP Journey Adventures. It's a little documentary series I'm doing. It's on there. Go check it out. Oh, man. What was I talking about? Old movies, new movies. Man, this episode's tough. This, this, this Bondstone. Good lord, man! I don't think I'm gonna have any brain cells after this episode's over. That's absolutely wicked and wild, man! My goodness. So, oh, right, right, right. Copies of copies. That's right. And how things are. That's maybe why, because everything that. All those old movies, and that's what the kind of the respect comes from too, is those stories. They they just feel so original and fresh, in a, in a way. But also, like that can be a bad thing about those new movies as well. I don't know. It's tough. Oh, those old movies. It's there's there's a reason why there's a reason why I like them so much, and it's because 
you can see the building blocks of what everyone has copied after you've watched these movies and you just learn to appreciate it because we are kind of all doing the same thing as storytellers. We're just building, trying to build these stories off of life experience plus all the stories we've been exposed to. And we're just, you know, everything is just this, storytelling is just this big old blender. And it's Steven's turn to talk because I have to be. <laughs> uh, what did we leave off on? So, buddy, do you enjoy dreaming? Are dreams exhausting to you? That's literally your question, man. We're talking about dreams again. Ha, but you know what, buddy? Tell us about a dream and I'll listen to it later when you edit. Tell me about a dream while I go pee. Tell me about some dreams you have. We'll look for that one dream that I was going to read. It's a well thought out dream. And Zoe wants to go, but we'll see if we can find it. It's very hard to see straight, let alone talk straight. <laughs> felt so good oh you had a question for me yeah what are some of the negatives to using your dreams as resources perhaps plagiarism can be an issue that is an interesting thing that you call up because it's definitely something I really do worry about maybe it, it's uh, valid because you've probably seen it in my own work uh -oh. but Kind of like writing something that a story that's almost the exact same story as something you've already that's already you've already seen, yeah, but not realizing it because that, like that part you're just not making the connection, and it feels so good to have that idea, and you're like, this is so cool, and you're like, that's Star Wars. It's <laughs> like, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, oh, oh yeah, forgot about that Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars. What a fucking Star Wars. And it's like, oh, whoops, my bad. So that, I think that you're right. That is a negative. But some other negatives that I will say. Um, the Something that, like, that bothers me is sometimes it's like, okay, I've already had this one. Let's, let's go with something new, hey? Hey. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. What about you, buddy? Dean, no, buddy, finish what you were saying, man. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Do you enjoy your dreams, buddy? Are they uh, exhausting for you? Well, no, I don't dream like you. Oh, so you don't enjoy your dreams? They're never exhausting. <laughs> like, I want my dreams to be more exciting. You, you know what? I think part of that is you just got to, you know, give up control, buddy. No, I just, I don't know. But that, that, then I was going to ask you because I tried some vitamins to give me more exciting dreams. And yeah. then there's also that dream root. Yeah. You've heard of that. So do you think people should try it out? Yes. I honestly am a big fan of people exploring chemicals to affect their brains. But the dream cycle, like yeah. exploring that and, yeah. and the utility of that too, you know, like how you can apply it to your stories. Yeah. A big part of it is actually just remembering and recording what you remember. Yeah. And, and that just incorporate that into writing. And if that gets, you know, make that help that to make your writing better. 
Do you do that for your writing at all? I try when I'm not lazy. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I enjoy dreaming. I I wish I was in a coma most of the time. <laughs> as long as I can get be, be in my dreams, man. It's do you great. feel like you... Let me ask you, because, you know, I'll be in the shitty mood and I'm like, you know what? Let's just go to fucking sleep. When you go to sleep and wake up in the morning, do you feel better? No. Really? You'll still carry that shit? Yeah. The next day over? Honestly, sometimes it's so depressing to wake up and realize that you know <laughs> that it's over. That you What do just... you mean it's over, dude? Dude, the world that you've been living in for the past how many hours while you were sleeping. And yeah, how, that's probably a good thing, man. How wonderful it felt, man, to just feel like good and happy and like being a world. But aren't we happy here and now? No. Why not? Because <laughs> it sucks. This world sucks, man. So you're going to be happy about tomorrow in your present. Because I get to dream, Are man. You... I get to go back. Dude, this is it right here, right now. I'm not having a bad time. I'm just saying the dreams are better. <laughs> oh, of course they're better. You know, shit. You know that, and that's you know that's probably that says a lot about myself. But escapism is real, dude. Of course, and it is. Uh, you know if you could go to the, my dreams, buddy, you'd love it too. I tell you what, <laughs> you ever busted ghosts while the your house was flooding? I've never busted a ghost well, while my house was flooding. Oh, I have, my life. I have that dream all the time, man. That's one of my common recurring dreams, man. Where I'm uh, my house. You're is a being, ghostbuster at a flooded house, house. It's a the house is flooding, and I'm a ghostbuster trying to kill all the ghosts. But the house is flooding, irregardless of the ghost. Water, yeah. It's a big storm outside. It's like Twister, the movie Twister outside. <laughs> and then the house is just flooding with water, and there are all so these just... fucking ghosts around, and I'm zapping them. <laughs> these goddamn ghosts. You're just zapping ghosts everywhere. And huh? then everyone's standing outside mad because I can't get the laundry done. <laughs> get the laundry done. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the dream, buddy. Yeah. That's cool, man. You ever dream about living inside of a bubble <laughs> in the ocean and you're just floating around and you're like, inside your brain, you're like, this is too dark to live. But then you meet like fish that have little light bulbs on their heads that are actually like Buddy, glowing can I, can phosphorescent. Can I tell you something in response to what you're telling me right now? Yeah. There is a show that I saw of this whitest Englishman I ever saw. He had a bowl cut. He was very English. I had never seen anything that white. And I watched it. And then at the end of the film, he jumped in this white ball that surrounded him as he tried to escape. And then the ball like caught up to him. Prisoner? Yeah. Steve McGowan or something like that. <laughs> and it took him back to the island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? That's it, Tell buddy. me about this island. That's it, buddy. <laughs> He tried to escape. Steve McGowan. He just <laughs> Steve McGowan. He just did no chance. Prisoner number sixty-two or whatever his name is. Sixty-nine. Was sixty-nine. Uh, prisoner yeah. sixty-nine. He sixteen six sixteen ninety-nine. Sixteen ninety-nine. Oh fuck! Yeah, Patreon.com/slash Twitch Channel yeah. Productions. Man, that was that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> what you said, you ego maniac. All right, let's play some trivia. All right. <laughs> okay, so let me hand you your cards. I'll give you half the deck. You can. Start. Do you know what we're playing? I do. 
Let me announce it after I hand you your cards. Oh, shit. I got a shuffle. I have tiny hands. We don't play no commander over here. <laughs> All right. We're playing movies. Trivia game. Buddy, you're a wonderful human being. <laughs> I know. You are God's grace to humanity. I'll tell you that, buddy. Okay, buddy. All right. So the object of the game is to be the first player to answer two questions in each category of the four categories. What are the four categories? The four categories are comedy, cartoon, action, adventure, drama, musical, that's more than four. Horror, sci-fi. How many is that? There's eight, but each category has two categories that share us with it. So comedy and cartoons are one category. Action and adventure is one category. Drama and musical is one category. And horror, sci-fi is one category. And we have to get two points in each. The first person to get two points in each wins. Okay. And so we will ask each other questions. <laughs> And you get the, the asker or the answerer gets to pick their category. I am unshuffled. I am unshuffled. As you are the winner of the last game, <laughs> you may pick who answers first. You. Okay. I'll pick a category. Okay. And then what do I do? You read the question on the category. Okay. I'm going to pick comedy cartoon. Comedy cartoon. How do I know which one is which? The one that has the symbol of the clattering teeth. Yeah. That's the comedy cartoon. And then I got to read it to you? The question, not the answer. What 2014 movie sees Katie join the Plastics, a click lid by Regina George? Mean Girls. And then what? Is that the right answer? Yes. So I got one point in that category. So do I give you the card? Just put the card to the side. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get your fucking cards. You don't hold on to the card? No, <laughs> you don't. I mean, I don't need it. What are you talking about? You want this card, dude. Put it to the side. That's why I wanted to make a little Okay, okay, chart. okay, okay. I got a card to the side. And then we'll know... Those are my right answers, and then we'll build a pile for wrong answers. You've had 20... It's, <laughs> your, at... it's your turn. What category do you want? Uh, drama. Drama musical. <laughs> what? That's the category. Drama musical? Yeah. You'll get this one, you fuck. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> In the climactic scene of There Will Be Blood, Daniel beats Eli to death what room of his mansion are they in? The bowling alley? Is Correct. That, okay. <laughs> so Do I'm, you got a drink, like a drink or something? Like? Oh, sure. Why not? It only seems fair. Is it my turn or your turn? I My turn. What do you select? Horror sci-fi. Do I flip up a card and I'll look at it? Yeah. What does the horror sci-fi look like? The laser gun. Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is loosely based on what serial killer? Ed Gein. Ed Gein. Yes, you got it. Put it in my right pile. Well, this is your wrong pile. That's the right pile. That's your fucking wrong pile, bro. Right pile. 
Do you think this goes in your right pile? What about my pile? It's right over here. What about what category do you want? How many do you got? I have two. You have one. What we've only the, answered. We've only asked three questions. What so are the far. categories? Comedy, cartoon, action, adventure, drama, musical, horror, sci-fi. Horror. In what 2018 movie does a mother create a diorama of her daughter's death? <laughs> really? That's got to be my fucking horror movie. You know it. It's easy. No, I don't know it. Think about it. Do I get to call a friend? Yeah. I want to call a friend. Okay. Yeah. Call friend. Please, please. Zoe, what was the movie? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of friend is that? You didn't ask the question. In what 2018 movie, Zoe, does a mother Zoe create a diorama of her daughter's death? Zoe, when did you create a diorama? Horror. Horror. She doesn't respond, buddy. She makes little houses on the prairie. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> Is that your final answer? <laughs> yes. Hereditary. All right. That's the wrong pile. Okay, buddy. Where am I? I'm going to pick Action Adventure. What is the code name of the beach in the opening sequence of Saving Private Ryan? Omaha? Utah? You got it right. Oh. Jesus Christ. That was a... What do you get? Like a point for this or something? Put it in the right pile. What que- what category <laughs> do you want? Uh, sci-fi. Oh, man. Why you got to lick oh. your lips like that? <laughs> True or false? You got 50-50 on this one, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson yeah. appears in Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. True or false? True. Correct. Uh, drama musical. Is that the smiling faces? Yeah. What lady man was in Spy Game? The Horse Whisperer and all the presidents. <laughs> you mean leading man? <laughs> you said lady man. <laughs> <laughs> I said lady man. What leading man uh-huh. was in Spy Game? The Horse Whisperer. And all the president's men. Robert Redford. Yes. <laughs> what, what are we selecting? Pick a category. Horror. Pick this horror title that I'm fucking talking about. How did Carol Ann connect with the supernatural and poltergeist? Well, how do I know what to pick from? There's a lot of horror. <laughs> I asked you. What's the answer? What? The question? How did Carol Ann connect with the supernatural in Poltergeist? Through the TV? Correct. Smiley face, book. Smiley happy face. Let's go book. Who wrote Glenn Gary Glenn Ross? David Mamet. Yes, you got it. <laughs> uh, where do I put this? On the correct pile. Where's the correct one? This one? The top one. This one? Yeah. I've not missed one yet. What's your category, buddy? Kaiju. 
What's the kaiju t- uh, subcategory? <laughs> What's a kaiju subcategory? Every one of these is easy. Pick What's, one. What's a kaiju subcategory? Yeah. Serial killer? <laughs> is that drama musical? Drama? Is that what you want? Yes. What Ben Affleck film sees CIA agent rescue six American diplomats during the Iran crisis? Argo. Correct. Horror sci-fi, please. What the fuck? Which is that the book? That's the laser gun. Horror sci-fi. True or false? The box office box office flop. Oh shit, we're still recording. <laughs> True or false, the box office flop. John Carter was the first film to coast over five hundred million to produce. True, coast, cost. Jesus Christ. True. False. Oh, around three hundred and fifty million. Damn, I got it wrong. What's your category? We're tied now. Uh, let me have horror. In The Shining. What phrase does Jack type over and over again? Jack? <laughs> <laughs> like Jack Nicholson. Yes. Here's, or Jack Torrance. Here's Johnny. That's what he types? No. <laughs> what does he type? All work and no play makes oh, Jack no! a dull boy. Incorrect. Incorrect. Do I have to take a drink? Yeah. Comedy cartoon. Do you have a drink? Comedy cartoon. No, we shouldn't drink any more alcohol, buddy. We should at least finish what we have. Oh, yeah. If you have some, finish it. In 1932, the Three Stooges replaced Shemp with whom? Yeah, you thought you were clever enough, huh? But look at you. You don't fucking know, don't you? And you're like, I know who Shemp is. Mo. Really? Yeah. Is that your final answer? Yes. I'm Regis Feldman. And you know what? Who wants to be a millionaire? Not him. It's <laughs> Curly. No. You <laughs> cocksucker. Oh. Okay. What's your question? I get a double because I get to pick. What? what do you want to guess? Horror sci-fi. Which one is that one? The bottom one. Laser gun. For Xenomorphs and the Alien franchise, what life stage comes between egg and chest burster? Facehugger. Uh, What's your category? Uh, book. In Reindeer Games, what do the thieves wear to rob the casino? Elvis outfits. <laughs> Incorrect. Santa outfits. Reindeer games. Of course, reindeer games. What's your category? What are the categories? Horror sci-fi. <laughs> Again? <laughs> what decade saw the release of the original kaiju movie, Godzilla? Decade? What decade? 50s. Correct. I'll take action and adventure. Which one is that one? That's the book. 
What does Skyfall refer to in the James Bond movie Skyfall? A list of spies? <laughs> Is that it? Something like that? Here's the list I went to spies go with. <laughs> Am I wrong? Yes. <laughs> of course you're wrong. What's, what spy spells his name with the dirt? Double <laughs> seven? 007 was here. <laughs> What's the answer? What was your question? <laughs> Action adventure in the book. What does Skyfall refer to in the James Bond movie Skyfall? Yeah. The Bond family estate. Oh, I got it wrong. Yeah, you had it wrong for a long time. <laughs> What's your category? <laughs> By quantity. <laughs> What's your category? Uh, can I? Is it between the four? Yeah, the ray gun, bro. You always pick the ray gun. <laughs> pick something else. Uh, give me the uh, chattering teeth, bro. Who played the Odd Couple in the 1968 film The Odd Couple? Jack Levin. Yes, and. Malter, <laughs> Maltar, <laughs> Maltar from Space Ghost, <laughs> Maltar Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Who played the Odd Couple? <laughs> <laughs> you are saying it. You're just too R-worded. Maltar. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Marta. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Prove that alien in life exists. Can I get like Walter? Oh, Walter. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, you know I'm not faking it. He's having a stroke. (laughs) You're at six. You only need two more right answers. This game's not over. You need eight. (laughs) Who's winning? I don't know. How many do I have right? You have three piles now. That's not good. (laughs) Horror sci-fi, please. What silent film, Hill? That I didn't read that. What Silent Hill film? <laughs> what Silent film has been called the granddaddy of all Dracula movies? Nosferatu. Yes. All right. How did you know? <laughs> That's easy shit, dude. Come Nosferatu? on. Nosferatu? That's Vampire a Vampire. <laughs> No. What's your category? And you cannot pick horror sci-fi. You've asked too many. I want shattering teeth. In Pixar's The Incredibles, what does Edna Mode refuse to add to superhero costumes? <laughs> Glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. Capes. You tricked me. You put it in your glasses. Drink. 
This ain't 12 Angry Men. There are truth here. <laughs> All right. What's the next one? Uh, I get. I need... Uh, give me a drama musical. What music won a Best Picture Oscar in 2003? Chicago. Right? Yes. Yes! Who would fucking know that? <laughs> oh, yes. All right. What you got, buddy? You tell me. You got to pick the category or... Just, uh, just pick. It's just not... You, you're you you're out of horror sci-fis. Horror sci-fis. Uh, uh, give me the book. What Hitchcock film features Cary Grant being chased by a crop duster? North by Northwest. Correct. Uh, game, Give me that fucking card. Game, Where's my pile? Game point. Game point? If you get the next one right, you win. How are you not winning? I think we're tied. It's my turn first. We need an under... Un, my turn need, first. We need someone... We need Zoe or Quinn to pick the card, and then we both guess at What if time. we go until we miss... Okay. Any category you want, you can pick. And we do it at the same time. First person to miss since we're at tiebreaker. Laughing face. And I got to read the laughing face? Yeah. We, we pick the same category. So I do laughing face. You do laughing face. Okay. I'll ask you first. First person to lose. the First person to get the question wrong. And the other person to get the question right wins. Who played... Who did Sam... Who, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> who did Rami Malik? <laughs> what? Who did Rami Malik? <laughs> Sam Rami popped in my head for some reason. <laughs> who did Rami Malik play in Bohemian Rhapsody? And do I tell you the answer? You tell or me. Or do I tell you the question? You tell me the answer. Freddie Mercury. Okay. If I get this drama question wrong, you win. Which Disney Princess song... What Disney princess sings, Someday My Prince Will Come in My Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that naughty Damn, girl. you might win right here. I don't Someday know if I... Someday my prince will come <laughs> in my dirty, dirty mouth. Oh, dude, this is tough for me. Cinderella? Is that your final answer? Is that good pilot? Regis Philbin says, No, you fucking fucker. Snow White. Oh, Stephen wins. Classic. Stephen wins. Dude, you know, I always consider myself an underdog, <laughs> but I beat you three times now, buddy. Stephen I'm the wins. champion. Stephen wins. Are you going to claim your rightful title? I don't know. I can't win. Do you hear how he talks? <laughs> of course you can, buddy. Pay-per-view. $16.99 per ticket. Oh, my God. Double overtime. First to 16. <laughs> First person to count to 16 wins. Oh. What? Well, I think that was Twin Shadows episode. What? One of hey, everyone. Six. Well, Stephen won movies trivia game, and that has been episode of 109 of Twin Shadows Podcast. 
And I think that episode was called Using Dreams as Inspiration in Your Filmmaking or What Dreams May Come. <laughs>